Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today, our guest is Crowing County Administrator Tim Houle. Tim, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you guys so much for having me. Our pleasure. Yeah, so uh, we continue to make our way through uh, 2020, the year of the <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> and it's affecting pandemic. so many things that wouldn't you know this is an election year, and that just complicates things even further, doesn't it? Oh boy, it really does. And, you know, if I could have your listeners remember just one message, it would be, please be kind to our election workers. Oftentimes they are uh, retired senior citizens, and we know with COVID that that has different impacts on people that are more advanced in age. Uh, And so we uh, are, it is a requirement that you wear a mask when you go to the polling place. And I'm just hoping that people can be considerate of our election workers when considering we will do curbside. If someone, you know, just insists they don't want to wear a mask, then we will do curbside voting for them. But I'm just asking folks, just please be considerate of our election judges. They're hard to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Tim, speaking of which, I continue to hear stories about uh, so many of the election judges that we have across America are uh, a good portion of them retired folks, again, older Americans, and many have just said they're going to take a pass on this year's election and not work it. Are are we in need of election judges at this late date? You know, we will. We would always accept anybody who's interested in being an election judge, but so far in Crow Wing County, um, our local staff and the uh, election judges are doing okay. Um, uh, so I think we're in decent shape as it relates to that. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, uh, you've got some uh, areas that are doing mail-in voting, so that helps that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and that's not new. Um, in Crow Wing County, we've had many precincts that have been voting by mail for quite some time. This year, we had additional precincts, uh, townships usually, that decided that because of the pandemic and for this year's election only, they're going to go to mail-in ballots. That doesn't mean they're going to stay that way, but it means that was that particular township's choice about how to react to an election during COVID. So Mm -hmm. we will have more mail-in precincts this year than we've had in the past, but I think it'll be interesting to see if, I I doubt that that's going to stay that way for all of them, um, but some of them might. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. So less than a week away from the primary, what do we need to know, Tim? You know, uh, there is a primary. That would be the first thing. Uh, and so <laughs> Tuesday, August 11th, is going to be the primary election. And you're going to be helping to select from candidates on both the Republican and the Democratic side for things like uh, president, for our United States senator office, for our congressional offices. Uh, you will also have some nonpartisan races that could be at the local level. I know we have one contested county commissioner race uh, in the eastern part of the county. Uh, and so, you know, it's still important for folks to come. Our primary elections usually have the lowest voter turnout. Uh, so I just want to encourage folks in Crow Wing County, let's see if we can't set a record. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yes. Uh, I am one of those uh, areas that uh, got my mail-in vote a long time ago, and I've already sent that in, so I voted already. And there's a <laughs> lot of people that are probably saying that. Yeah, and if you don't want to, if you're in a precinct where you vote by mail and and you would prefer not to do that, you also can stop in at the historic courthouse here on the second floor and you can vote in person. Just bring your mail-in ballot with you and they will mark that you have voted in person and instead of by mail. So you kind of got the 
choice of the better of both worlds if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that applies as well to people who will have a precinct open. If they'd feel a little bit safer um, voting because it's over an extended period of time, you're going to have less of a crowd, they also could come directly here to the historic courthouse and vote early. Um, and so that's a possibility for the voters that are out there as well. What we're trying to do is you know, help people to feel as safe as possible. Um, so even if you are going to go to a polling place, we're going to have hand sanitizer stations at the entrances and exit. We are going to be requiring that masks be uh, worn. Um, we'll have additional protective protocols in the polling places like plexiglass barriers at some of the stations. We're going to be doing additional cleaning and disinfecting of the surfaces. Um, we're going to be disinfecting the pens that people are using. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to ask folks to adhere to social distancing guidelines while in the polling places. Uh, and so the bottom line for us is just trying to give voters whatever options that they um, can feel the most safe with. Um, mm-hmm. And for some, that's not a big concern, but for others, it is a very big concern. So we're just trying to be accommodating to where everybody is at. Absolutely. Good. And then once we get by uh, next Tuesday, uh, you'll gear up for another election <laughs> this fall. Yes, the, uh, we'll have the, you know, the primary election is on August 11th, and then we'll have the general election uh, coming up in November. So that's usually the one. This is a presidential election year, and so turnouts during presidential election years tend to be the highest. Growing County always has a really respectable showing of voter turnout, but it's not 100%. I would love to see it be 100%. Wouldn't that be nice? It can't be, but, you know, 95 would look good, too. Yeah. 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 I think we're usually in about the mid-70% range, um, which is quite good Mm -hmm. across the nation comparatively. Um, But it does mean that there's still quite a bit of room for improvement. And so exercising that uh, civic responsibility as well as privilege, I think, is really, really important. I want to encourage people, if you're not registered to vote, you can also stop in on the second floor of the historic courthouse and do that as well. Or you can do it at the polls on election day, um, but it makes it a little bit smoother if you do it prior to election day because you don't have to go through all the identification steps. Mm -hmm. Right. And Tim, for the general election, uh, of course, if folks, again, are uncomfortable about going to a polling place in Minnesota, we can at any time request a absentee ballot, correct? That is correct. Um, And so it basically becomes like a mail-in ballot, like for those precincts that everybody gets a mail-in ballot. So you can request that in in advance, and if you do want to do that, you can just give us a call at the elections office. Uh, We'll provide you with the instructions on how to do that at 851-1051. Okay. Excellent. I think another good resource, if I'm not mistaken, it's mnvotes.org is a good resource, too. I believe you're correct, Ken. Yeah. All right. Um, what else is going on uh, that we should know about, Tim? Obviously, uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about the latest numbers and what's going on with COVID-19 in Crow Wing County. Yeah, we are seeing the numbers in Crow Wing uh, growing at a faster rate. Um, I would say it's still not an alarming uh, issue in our community, but we do have 223 cases uh, as of today, uh, and that went up by 10. Uh, since yesterday. To give you some kind of a standard of reference, if we went back to just July 23rd, we were at 144 cases. Mm. So we are seeing the rate of increase climb within our community. And 
that just means it's all the more important for us to take the necessary steps to try to mitigate the spread of it. And it is wear your face mask as is required when you go into indoor spaces, wash your hands, socially distance. These aren't hard things to do. And Mm -hmm. I know that there are strong feelings, especially about wearing masks. But as these numbers climb, uh, it becomes uh, more and more important to try to spread Stop the spread. Contain the spread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a, an additional death today, uh, mm. sadly. Um, that was a female in her 70s who passed um, back on July 23rd. And sometimes we see that kind of a delay if there is, for instance, an autopsy that is necessary to confirm a cause of death. Mm-hmm. So we're up to 14 deaths in Crow Wing County, um, and it's a tragedy for every one of those families. Absolutely. Um, so we're seeing that um, the age range uh, is still uh, from nine months to 98 years old. And this um, is in Crow Wing County once again, right? That is just yep. Crow Wing County. Yep. Um, we've had 87, this is as of yesterday, the 213 positive cases. 87 were male, 126 were female. Uh, and lest uh, my male friends out there think that means we're less susceptible, no, it just means females live longer. Uh, and, and so of those, uh, 21 of them were asymptomatic. In other words, didn't have any symptoms. And those are just caught through random sampling, if mm-hmm. you will. 153 uh, were symptomatic that we know of. Um, 69 of them had underlying health conditions. Uh, the good news is 156 of our total are no longer in isolation or they're beyond the period for isolation. So they've come through the other side. We've had 16 folks that were hospitalized. And probably the big thing that's uh, going to get discussed over the course of the next coming weeks is uh, school openings. And so we, our public health department is uh, consulting with each of the three school districts. And what we're kind of tracking is the number of cases per 10,000. And the state of Minnesota has published some guidelines that as the number of cases per 10,000 climbs, then they ought to move from, if it's low and in-person for all students, the next tier is in-person for all elementary, hybrid for secondary students. The third tier is hybrid for all students. The next tier is hybrid for elementary distance for secondary, and finally, of course, the tier distance for all students. So the State Department of Education, working with the State Department of Health, and we will um, provide resources to consult with our local school districts to try to have them retain the flexibility to move as circumstances warrant. And Mm -hmm. so I don't think it's reasonable to think that our schools are going to do one thing this year, and that's what they're going to do for the whole year. I think we will see them ebb and flow along that continuum of the learning models, depending on what's happening in each individual community. Yep. And unfortunately, if I'm looking at these numbers right, uh, here in Crow Wing County, uh, we're up to, what, 47 for the uh, case count per 10,000 people, which puts us uh, pretty close to the uh, distance for all students. Not quite, but it's pretty close. Yeah, we're looking at that case count. Now, that's an actual case count, Ken, for the period of July 12th to July 25th. The cases per 10,000 then, when we take that 47 divided by our population, we get to a cases per 10,000 of 7.36. Oh, okay. And so the 7.36 still would allow for in-person for all students, but to put this into some perspective, for the period of uh, kind of a month earlier, June 14th to June 27th, 
we were at 1.72 cases per 10,000. Now we're 7.36 cases per 10,000. That's not that long of a time span. No, it's not. And, you know, what what I'm I think we need to be concerned about is that the rate of increase has a sped up in, in Crow Wing County, and so that's going to affect these numbers and what our schools can and can't do. I think that's going to be particularly challenging for parents with younger children in school. And, you know, the it, it's easier if you know what you're going to do for the full nine months. It's much more difficult when the school systems are going to have to modify the learning model um, based on the case counts. And so I would just be encouraging parents that are out there with younger children, especially that can't stay home alone, you really do need to be thinking about, okay, what's my plan if the learning model is for in-person for all students? What's my plan if there's a hybrid? And what's my plan if it's distance learning and the students are all at home? Think about that, plan in advance, because my guess is you're going to experience all three this school year. Tim, the other stat that jumped out at me is the case count by age category, and I see one of the larger categories is that 19 to 29-year-old, and we've been hearing about young people who tend to congregate, and uh, that is not good because that just adds to the spread, doesn't it? Yeah, it is the number one category of COVID-19 case counts by age in Crow Wing County, 19 to 29. I think that probably would surprise many of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is probably because that age group is, well, I don't know, compared to me anyway, they're much more social uh, and they are much more mobile. Um, and so as, you know, as we get older, like like me, uh, I'm pretty sedentary. I don't move around quite as much anymore and I don't go out to the bars or whatever. But when you're younger, you do those things, right? Um, and so they become vectors of transmission. And so that's the really important message for your younger listeners out there is that while you may be asymptomatic, you also can be the vector of transmission in our community. And that's probably what we're seeing uh, occurring during the summer months. And so the highest case count is in 19 to 29. I think that's probably surprises folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not comforting numbers to see, I'll tell you. Yeah. So the next nearest category is 32. Mm-hmm. in the 60 to 69 category. Yeah. That's kind of where I think folks would expect those numbers to be right. in that higher age group. But no, the number one category in Crow Wing County is 19 to 29 with 47 cases so far. And Tim, for those that think, well, a lot of the case counts in the older folks is congregate living, but you look at that stat and you would see when you added up the community um, uh, contact, if you will, whether it's known or unknown, uh, as far as confirmed cases, that adds up to the largest amount of people. It's just uh, it's community contact, isn't it? Yeah, when it gets into um, you know any kind of a congregate setting, and so you could think about that as a um, you know um, certainly a senior citizens yeah. um, kind of a place, but you could also think about that as a prison or also congregate living facilities, yeah. and they have struggled. And so anywhere that folks are living in close proximity. But I will say that our medic, our, our healthcare settings, and including the nursing home settings, they have some very rigorous plans. And, you know, even though we have seen some tragedy in outbreaks within our own community in that kind of a setting, mm-hmm. the containment of that in that setting was extraordinary, considering it should have spread like wildfire to absolutely every resident, and it did not. 
And that's mm-hmm. because of the medical protocols that these places are putting into place. And mm-hmm. so, you know, our nursing care facilities are, they really know what they're doing. And it's tough in that kind of an environment to contain uh, the spread. In a prison environment, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I do think that they're doing a fantastic job because most of our cases are not from congregate living facilities. Of the 213 count yesterday, only 60 were in congregate living. And so the majority, you know, close to two-thirds, are coming from community transmission. Yeah. Wow. Tim, we're going to run out of time, so I want to touch on a couple of other things. Uh, even though we're not sure exactly what model it will be when we head back to school, one thing we do know is kids need to have those uh, child and teen checkups and have their uh, vaccinations, and those things will still be in place, right? Yes, and what's really important about that right now is that because it was so difficult to get in to see your doctor for a while, immunization rates in Crow Wing County have significantly declined. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to make sure that parents are uh, aware that they can get in to see their health care provider to get those immunizations up to date. We also have child and teen checkups. Uh, There's no cost for child and teen checkups for those who are 20 years and younger who would be on medical assistance. And many kids are going to need sports physicals, immunizations, wellness checks. Pretty soon we're all going to be scrambling to get our kids ready to go back to school. So that's one thing that you can check off your to-do list. If you can't afford a checkup, we do have some help for families in Crow Wing County. Excellent. And August is Child Support Awareness Month here in Minnesota. That's another important issue, isn't it? It is an important issue. We want to make sure that uh, there is appropriate child support in place from both parents' contributions of resources. Um, you know, every child deserves to have both their mother and their father contributing uh, financially to their upbringing. And yes. so collecting child support is an important part of that function. I'm doubt anybody really loves paying child support, um, but if the family is a nuclear household in this day and age, both mom and dad are contributing. And so if it's not a nuclear family, both mom and dad still need to contribute. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, right. Tim, that's going to wrap it up for today. I'm sorry we don't have more time, but uh, we'll have you back again next month and, and keep it rolling, okay? It is always my pleasure. I'm going to have to find something positive to talk about, aren't I? (laughs) It's all good. We need the information. It's important. It is important information, and Mm -hmm. we do appreciate it. And you stay safe, and we will talk next month. Thanks, folks. You guys, too. Take care, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Tim Houle is the Crow Wing County Administrator. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Our Community Focus programs are available anytime. You can listen on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. And you can also listen through our free downloadable app, and that's powered by the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.